Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You're listening to Linux in the Ham Shack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello and welcome everybody. You have tuned in to episode number 237 of Linux in the Ham Shack, and I am Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. And since we can't get our acts together, we're recording this really, really late on uh, <laughs> the, the the normal day. It's the right day, but it's, uh, yeah, later than usual, much later much than later. usual. It's all Russ's fault. It is entirely my fault. I'm willing to accept that. But we're still going to do a show on this, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. And uh, pretty soon, I believe that will be um, trademarked or something. So, Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So the first thing we're going to do, since this is our weekender edition, I think this is uh, lucky number 13. If I'm not mistaken, this should be our 13th weekender. So, Wow. We should have recorded this last Friday since I was Friday the 13th. Oh, well, yeah. we don't record totally on Fridays at all, know, so that would have been rather difficult. But, <laughs> but I know. I'm just saying. Okay. So anyway, we'll uh, talk about some amateur radio contests and some Linux things you can do. This is basically stuff you can do in the Linux and the open source and the amateur radio world for your next couple of weekends. We just like to provide things that you can do. And also things outside of the, those realms, you know, like good food and good friends and good wine and good whiskey and, and all of that good stuff. So we're going to talk about some of the more mundane things in the world, like uh, upcoming amateur radio contests. And uh, Bill was nice enough to throw a couple of these in here. And we all know you like to hear Bill's voice. So he can tell us about what you can do <laughs> with your CW gear and, you know, your your amateur radio equipment for the next couple of weekends. Yeah, this is great. Uh, this weekend, of course, is the big CQ Worldwide VHF contest, and it runs from 1800 Zulu on July 21st to 2100 Zulu July 22nd. This is a great contest because it's six and two meters. So most people at least have six meters in their HF rig. So this is no excuse. Uh, you should get on the air and try it. Uh, six meters has been hot over the uh, past few uh, past few weeks here due to the ease. The good old summer ease have been good, and I've uh, seen uh, quite a few days of uh, double hop openings out this way and uh, also East Coast and everything else. So, so yeah, it might be a really good opportunity to uh, burn up the uh, the old six-meter band. So get on there and try out that contest this weekend. Uh, also, this weekend is another fun contest. This is the uh, NAQP, the North American CUSO Party, and this is the Riddy Edition. They run uh, three different uh, weekends of uh, contests. Uh, one's Riddy, one's CW, one's Sideband. This is the Riddy one. And it runs from 1800 Zulu on July 21st to uh, 0559 Zulu on July 22nd. Uh, the options are to run single op for 10 hours or multi op for 12 hours. And of course, this one's on all the contest bands 80, 40, 20, 15, and 10. And of course, that's the Riddy Werble, Werble, Werble mode. So, uh, 
So get on there and burn your signal link box up in your finals. Uh, <laughs> You're advocating destroying radio equipment. What are you doing that for? Absolutely. You got to run your rig. Uh, you know, what I generally do is run my rig at about like 80% uh, of power. So that's right. <laughs> even Full the- duty cycle on ready. That's, that's <laughs> how you do it. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is the one that uh, even people don't mind blasting the alc up just a little bit on your digital <laughs> digital <laughs> mode <laughs> i wouldn't really recommend it but uh yeah uh it's it's a great contest i love doing ritty and uh, the exchange is uh the typical naqp exchange which is like a, a name and a year of your uh license for your check number and uh i believe it's uh it's section or something like that i'd have to look at the rules but standard rules apply it's uh it's a fun contest and it's not very long so that that's a, that's a nice one if you want to do the contest door to door you know 10 hours is not much to actually commit for the full contest and uh, you can have a lot of fun and also earn your uh, worked all states uh you know in digital mode and stuff like that so good opportunity Next weekend, uh, not, not a whole lot going on, but I did find the, that the RSGB is uh, running the IOTA contest. That's the Islands on the Air, and that's running from 1200 Zulu on July 28th to 1200 Zulu July 29th. And, of course, that is on all the HF bands except for Wark and single sideband and CW modes. And they have class options as well for 12 and 24 option, 24 hour options. Sorry. So if you only want to run it for 12 hours, you, there's a, there's a class for that. So if you want to commit a day or whatever to it, uh, that's another fun one to do. And, uh, there's lots of little islands that are, uh, that have IOTA numbers scattered amongst the uh, coastline of the U S. Uh, so, uh, take a look at those and see which ones are actually registered IOTA numbers and, uh, see if you can make your way that way. Otherwise, if you're inland like me, just go ahead and, uh, Work the islands uh, and see if you can pick up some DX. Uh, all your, all your, uh, all your uh, DX island should be uh, well represented in this contest, like it normally is. Should we? All do, right, very um, cool. You want to do the special events? <clears throat> yeah, I can run through the special events. Um, and while I'm doing this first one, the EAA Warbirds of America Air Venture Celebration, you can tell me what EAA means. Uh, Experimental Aircrafters Association. There you like go. That. The Experimental Aircrafters Association. Uh, or this probably aeronautics or something like that. Well, so, something along those something lines. Something with it has aircraft. To, it has to do it. with airplanes, right? Things that go fly, fly. So um, this this Things special that event. Things go fly, fly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was from The Simpsons. Do you not remember The Simpsons episode? We were just talking about Charles Lindbergh and his fly, fly, da, da. I don't think I saw that one. Thank uh, you, though. Anyway, uh, that's a good one. Check out The Simpsons if you haven't anyway. Uh, this special event station runs from July 22nd through July 29th, uh, 1,500 Zulu to 1,500 Zulu every day. That would be like 24 hours a day. Uh, the call sign for this particular special event is Whiskey 9 Whiskey. Uh, coming out of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Oshkosh, bagosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the EAA Warbirds of America. They're going to be operating on 20 meters, on uh, 28425, 50 meters, 21235, 40 meters. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You got that, that right. 10, 10 meters, meters. <laughs> 28425, 15 meters, 21235, 20 meters, 14250, and 40 meters, 7.225. And you can QSL through Ed Finnegan, Kilo 9, Bravo Charlie Foxtrot. Uh, the Echo Whiskey Charlie 9. Foxtrot. Oh, that's Echo Charlie. Oh, God. <laughs> Why don't you clean your glasses? Yeah, I know. I got to clean something up. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me wipe the crud out of my eyeballs. 
All right. So that's, yeah, Kilo, Kilo 9, Echo, Charlie, Foxtrot. This is going to be a great episode. Uh, the Whiskey 9 Whiskey Special Event Station will operate from the EAA Warbirds of America area at the Whitman Airport. Uh, Warbird aircraft such as the T-6, the T-28, T-34, uh, the Aero Vodachody L-39, MiG-17, Spitfire, Grumman F-6F Hellcat, P-51 Mustang, and hundreds more will be in the Warbirds area. And many of those aircraft will fly in the daily air show. Are they going to do any aeronautical mobile? I, I that... did not hear that. So, <laughs> Well, that would be cool if they did, but uh, we, we can't confirm or deny. So anyway, but you can get uh, probably a special event QSL card, uh, since there's a QSL manager, for Whiskey 9 Whiskey if you want to participate in this. And it's a week long from the 22nd to the 29th, so uh, surely you can find some time to uh, make contact in there um and next we also have the national order of the arrow conference noac uh 2018 this runs from july 30th to august 3rd 1300 zulu to 1900 zulu every day presumably oh i see a familiar call sign here <laughs> uh k2bsa stroke nine Boy, this sounds like a might be a Boy Scout thing. Um, <laughs> from Bloomington, Indiana, Order of the Arrow, Boy Scouts of America, and they'll be operating on 20 meters, 14.270, 40 meters, 7.270, 2 meters, 146.580, and 70 centimeters, 443.775. Uh, that's a minus shift. That's a repeater, yeah. Yeah, with PL 136.5. Uh, you can QSL through Frederick J. Donkin. Uh, out at uh, Contador Drive in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, the N0AC, or NOAC sorry, is a national conference of the Order of the Arrow, the Boy Scouts of America National Honor Camping Society. The nation will be located on the campus of Indiana University in Bloomington. Uh, they'll be operating primarily on 20 meters single sideband, but will work 40 meters and digital modes uh, as time and resources permit. Uh, QSL versus Logbook of the World is preferred. So there you go. Uh, we do not have any announcements because yeah, and I did ask in the chat room, and uh, the few people that trickled in and out while we were waiting uh, didn't have any announcements. <laughs> okay, well that's good. So that means we truly have no announcements. Uh, we do still have that special episode coming up on Monday. Um, I think we still only have one confirmed guest. Is that correct? At this point, yes. Okay, but we will have a guest, so it will be fun no matter what. And uh, you definitely want to tune in for our regular long format episode on Monday. Uh, the, the LHS Ham Radio Challenge hasn't really changed since the last time, so I'll just reiterate it, which is participate in your local amateur radio club, especially if it's to initiate someone into the Ham Radio Fold or Elmer said new ham, because we're all about teaching and getting people into the ham radio hobby and showing them the power of amateur radio. So, you know, be a part of it. So moving on from amateur radio topics, we have some open source topics that were thrown in here, and maybe we can have Cheryl read one of these, perhaps. If uh, oh, she's still doing the still doing the recipe. Oh, you're still yeah. doing the recipe corner. And for some reason, I'm having. All right, some well, that's all right. Well, Bill and I can uh, share duties here then. So uh, distros to try. We'll uh, let Bill handle that one, and then I'll talk about an open source event coming up. Yep, this is uh, Archman uh, 18.07, 18.07 XF. CE edition. Uh, this is, a, of course, an Arch, uh, a Linux-based operating system. Uh, it's Turkish origins, but uh, the global Linux distribution Archman is handy and easy, fast, and powerful. 
Uh, Archman's official version is available to you with XFCE, KDE Plasma, Mate, and LXQT desktops envir- or desktop management. Although I only saw the uh, XFCE uh, download. LXQT? So, uh, have you have you seen LXQT? That's that's a new one on me. Uh, no, no, I have not. Um, so I'll, I might have to check that out. Yeah, I'm going to do uh, a quick briefing on. I'm, I'm going to brief myself on LXQT while you finish this out. Okay, no problem. In addition to these uh, desktop uh, administrations, other desktop administrations can also work on uh, the request from the community in order to prepare the version. Although Archman GNU Linux also has a package repository that has its own customizations and configurations, it also it uses almost all the Arch Linux repositories. Uh, Archman opens up the path to a Linux distribution that is both easy and uh, easy to use and easy to develop. Archman is an end-to-end or end-user and developer-friendly Linux distribution, and uh, it is Arch, so uh, you know your mileage may vary. <laughs> yes. And uh, did you look that up or no? <laughs> I, I am looking at LXQt, uh, LXQt.org, and I'm checking out the screenshots. And I gotta say, for a lightweight desktop, the LXQt desktop looks quite nice, actually. Um, there's a couple of different versions of it that, um, they have screenshots of, uh, one called K one for KD plasma. Uh, and then there's an ambiance version and a dark and a frost version. And each of the screenshots actually looks pretty nice. It's based on a single, uh, lower task bar or whatever they call those things in Linux. <laughs> a dock? A, well, no, no, not, not a dock. A a panel, like a panel. Panel bar, yeah. Yeah, panel bar. Um, And uh, they actually look quite nice. They they don't look archaic, which is nice, because a lot of these lightweight desktops tend to have the old uh, Xorg, you know, early, uh, you know, desktop environment sort of feel to them. Uh, But these don't look that way. So uh, that might be a nice one to try. I might have to see what LXQt is all about. I guess I could uh, install Archman and see... You know, in a virtual machine, and see if it, yeah, see if it explodes <laughs> or anything, or maybe do uh, some testing and see if I can give it an LHS readiness score. Yeah, there you go. All right, so just... that that might be something for uh, you know a couple of weeks from now when we uh, do our short format show. But in the meantime, we can talk about some open source events, or in this case, one open source event that's coming up. Uh, well, actually, later on in the year, at the end of August, uh, this is the Open Source Summit North America. It's going to be in Vancouver, British Columbia from the 29th to the 31st of August. Uh, the Open Source Summit North America is the leading conference for developers, architects, and other technologists, as well as an open source community and industry leaders uh, to collaborate, share information, learn about the latest technologies, and gain a competitive advantage by using innovative open solutions. Over 2,000, they anticipate, will gather for Open Source Summit North America this coming year and the link of course to that will be in the show notes so if you have the means and the time to get out to uh, vancouver british columbia uh, at the end of august you should probably do that sounds like a a fun time (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) so uh i oh nothing i'm just looking your way like are we gonna get to a uh yeah a a recipe when we when we get there because we're not quite there yet yeah, it's, I'm about done typing. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, so anyway, we, we, we don't have a new LHS open source challenge for the, the next fortnight, but you can certainly use the old one from last oh, you fortnight. You said fortnight again. Jeez. Uh, yeah. Trigger this warning, is, trigger no, warning. N-I-G-H-T <laughs> fortnight. Ah, <not>, oh, darn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that out on Linux yet? 
Fortnite? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I just saw uh, Epic put out a uh, a presser for uh, their updates to the Unreal Engine and how it should just make it just so wonderful to run games on Linux. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you liar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, yeah. Go GitHub dumpster diving, as we call it. I don't want to use the word dumpster too often because that's actually a trademark, but uh, I don't know what you call them. Uh, mobile trash receptacle diving. Is that what the, uh, the official unofficial name is? I don't know. Uh, anyway, check sure. out GitHub for open source projects, whether they're amateur radio uh, or other, you know, discipline related, because there's tons and tons and stuff, tons of stuff on GitHub. And actually in a episode, a couple episodes ago, we talked about, uh, places other than GitHub, like GitLab and SourceForge and, and things like that, where you can always find lots of open source projects. So check out new stuff. Explore the world of open source. So do you want me to do mine first? Oh, you ready? Yeah. All right, cool. So we're going to move away from amateur radio and open source topics to things of real interest, like food and drink Ooh. and hedonism and and enjoying ourselves and being a part of life. And the, f- the first part of that is uh, Cheryl's Recipe Corner. So, Ooh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, th- this was this was done on a whim, but this is something I fixed a few weeks ago. Our neighbors always have a plethora of vegetables in the summer. And right now, apparently, the zucchini are about to take over their house. So a few weeks ago, our neighbors gave me several rarely, fairly good size zucchini, and I was struggling for some way to fix them. Um, so a quick trip through all recipes came up with Calabacitas Gasada, which is stewed Mexican zucchini. And I fixed it the same night that I fixed the Baja fish tacos that I featured last week or last Thursday or last the, yeah, Thursday night episode. So that was two weeks ago. Um, did Russ like the stewed Mexican zucchini? Uh, I did very much actually. All right. So. For the stewed Mexican zucchini, is a super easy recipe. You need some vegetable oil, white onion, garlic, zucchini, some stewed tomatoes, canned, or you could use fresh if you like, and some cheddar cheese, shredded cheese. Um, just heat the vegetable oil in a, you know, a saucepan over medium meat. Cook your onion and garlic in it until soft. Add the zucchini and stewed tomatoes. Stir gently. Cover and cook until the zucchini is tender. About 10 minutes. Remove from heat, season with salt, add cheddar cheese, and allow it to sit until the cheese has melted. I don't know that we have any leftovers. So I don't think yeah, so. I don't think so. Everybody loved it, so including me. So Yeah, it was it was quite good actually. Normally I don't just like You're not a big zucchini up. fan. No, I mean I like zucchini, especially if it's deep fried, but when it comes to just a plain old like vegetable casserole i'm generally not a fan of these kind of things but in this particular case i gotta say it was excellent of course what do you mean of course they came out yeah. of my kitchen oh <laughs> is that how we're doing that uh yeah <laughs> that's exactly how we're doing that so i see you don't have to eat here so well which, no that's true which but... you don't most of the time <laughs> no. but anyway <laughs> see that's not true i actually eat most of the time here so all right so we're going to move on from cheryl's recipe corner to my drink corner and this week we're going to feature another of the scotch whiskeys that uh well cheryl will say that the dogs and the cat got me for father's day well you're not but we we all know who has the credit card so they drove (laughs) they drove (laughs) oh Oh, my lord (laughs) you've seen toy story with the little you know little squeaky guys driving 
Yeah, right. there you go. All right, people. Yeah, <laughs> don't let your cats drive. Okay. <laughs> Just saying, we're not we're not condoning anything like that. Also, don't let the blind dog drive either. So, so last week I I talked about one of the other ones that I got, which is the Aberfeldy twelve year, and this week we're going to talk about Craigalachi thirteen year old, and this is a space side, and it's got you know the funny thing about this is when I look at this bottle. Uh, it has a date on it of 1891, which indicates that it's a fairly old distillery uh, in the in Scotland. Um, but it has a very retro feel to it. The label looks like something that would have been on a bottle from 1880s right. or but 1890s. I've, oh. I've seen other I've seen other retro labels on other uh, Scotch whiskeys that are that are not Craigalachie, and this one to me. And, and this is not an indication in any way of the spirit that's within this bottle, but the this one looks artificially dated to me. It just looks it doesn't look like it's representative of something from eighteen ninety one. It looks like someone was trying to make look something oh, look I'm, like it was eighteen ninety one. Yeah, yeah. Um, like a weathered label. Yeah, well, it's yeah. Just, it's the, not... the label coloring is kind of a yellowish color, but it, okay. it but it's more artsy. It you know. It looks like an old-time label, but it's an artsy old-time label, if that makes any sense. Yeah, to me, it just yeah. looks it looks like someone was trying too hard to make a label look <laughs> old-timey to me. Right, yeah. Um, again, it, it says nothing about the spirit that's inside it. I just wish they had spent maybe a little more time designing uh, the label on this, because it just... it Honestly, I have passed this whiskey over on the store shelves many many times just because i didn't like the way it looked and that's disappointing you, sh- you shouldn't judge something by its cover. no you shouldn't but if you go if you pass by whiskey on the shelves if you're looking for a particular bourbon or if, or if you're looking to try something new then you're going to look for something that catches your eye because you can't taste it before you buy it so the only thing you have to go on is what you see and I know I have passed over Craigalachie many times because it just didn't look that interesting to me. Um, so now I have a bottle so I can talk about it. So again, uh, it's a 13 year old, which means the spirits within it are at least aged 13 years. Uh, it's bottled at 46%, which is 92 proof. Uh, it is Speyside and it has a very light color, and that is another thing that for the, I don't want to call them uneducated, but say novice whiskey buyer tends to turn them off. Darker, caramel colored colors in spirits tend to be more attractive. So this is another thing that is a little less attractive. It's basically uh, an aged yellow color. And Based on this color, I would assume that it is not colored. It has no added color, and it's not chill-filtered because this is the typical color for a non-chill-filtered, non-colored scotch whiskey. And that is a good thing, so keep that in mind. So um, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to nose it. It means I'm going to stick my nose in the glass. (laughs) This is a fun part of this. So what you get right away is fruit. Um, as soon as you stick your nose in, you can smell fruit. You don't necessarily smell a particular kind of fruit. That comes a little bit later. 
but you definitely get like tropical fruit. I get a little bit of like banana, maybe uh, some mango and even a little bit of pineapple. And uh, I think that may be it on the fruit front. You, you know, as uh, someone else who smells this, you might get something a little bit different, but there is definitely fruit and you'll, you'll definitely rec- recognize that sort of fructose sweetness of, uh, of fruit. Um, uh, you also get vanilla and sugar, which is characteristic of a lot of Scotch whiskeys, uh, regardless of their region. Uh, vanillas and sugars and sweetness is um, fairly prominent since most alcohol is actually sugar. You know, it's, it's distilled into a sugar, basically. Uh, so you're going to get some sweetness. Uh, there's also a little bit of sweeting, uh, not sweetiness, <laughs> meatiness, <laughs> sweetie meaty. Yeah, um, you get almost like a ham, um, like a ham and cheese kind of ham. Like, is there a sweet ham? Yeah, there's like a honey ham. It's like a a honey honey ham. ham yeah, yeah. You kind of get that a little bit, and uh, a little bit of smoke. I mean, Speyside's not really known for a, a heavy smokiness. Not like Isla or Island. So it's like a Hawaiian pizza. Yeah, it's a little bit like a barbecue Hawaiian pizza, actually. <laughs> that's that's a good way to put it. Uh, and that's what I get on the nose. So let's take a quick little taste of it here. Oh, not bad. The taste is pretty good. It's not very different from the nose. Uh, you definitely get a little bit of the oak uh, from the casks. That sort of underlies everything else. You still get the sweet fruit. I, I kind of lose like the mango flavors. I get more of the bladder fruits like the banana almost like a dried banana and a dried pineapple it doesn't have the real uh sweetness that the nose has um you get a little bit of a spiciness it's almost a a crisp spiciness and a dryness i think in a wine you would call it a dryness um and then that meatiness is there once the fruitiness goes away you still have that like honey ham flavor and a little bit of like a trail off uh, of the tropical fruit. And um, there, I don't really get the vanilla on the taste, uh, but that uh, the smoke, that smoked meat and the smoked honey ham kind of flavor is like the last thing you taste before you take another uh, taste of it. So um, it's, it's actually not bad, better than I thought it would be. It's too bad their uh, label didn't attract me to it a little sooner, I guess. Um, because it's it's not a terrible whiskey, that's for sure. You're looking at me like you want to comment. No, I'm. No. I'm doing <laughs> You're doing other things. All right. No, we we actually know one of the divers. <laughs> oh well. Anyway, is it K? It's a meadow. Oh, it's a meadow, really? Yeah. Oh well, you can tell us all about later. Anyway, uh, that's a story for another night. So um, so that's what I get on the nose and the taste, and uh, we'll kind of wrap this up. The the price on it, I've seen a wide variety of prices on it. I think we paid about forty dollars for this bottle. No, somewhere. it was fifty. It was like uh, 40, 45. 47 99 or something. Okay, so. so yeah, I've seen I've seen as cheap as thirty five and as much as fifty. So depending on where you get it and you know what region you're in and and where you buy this, you're, you're probably gonna. Uh, pay a wide range for it 45 ish i would say is an average right so and uh for a single malt a 13 year age single malt space side which is not really my you know my strongest region when it comes to the space sides but i'm actually not afraid to probably buy this again so i would give it um probably an 88 
Yeah, it's not bad for a mm. space side. Well, apparently it's in American oak casks, obviously. Well, most scotches. Yeah, so. I just in said, fact, I think, obviously. I think all scotch might actually right. be. Um, and it is not colored, so. And it's not chill filtered. I can, I can almost guarantee. Yeah. Yep. No, it's not. Uh, these are, these are things you'll figure out for yourself once you start drinking a whole lot of scotch. So anyway, uh, that's Craigalachi 13. So if you've got $45 to spare and you'll probably find it in your local retailer's, uh, scotch whiskey section, uh, you might want to pick this up, especially if you like the space side, um, because the the flavor profile and the and the typical components of a space side are here uh and and prevalent so if you like space side you're gonna like this so check it out all right now we're gonna move on to bill who's probably gonna talk about wine or some crap weird stuff yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah this this time instead of a costco wine i found a wally world of wine or walmart <laughs> same yeah same dev yeah we all yeah, call it wally yeah, world <laughs> Yep, I was uh I actually picked this up uh, a little bit ago uh today. Uh after dinner I had a business dinner to go to and then I was like, oh, I'll swing over say hi to my son who works over at Lowe's and then I was like, oh, I'll go to Walmart. I got to pick up a couple things. So, and I'm kind of all beard out, so I was like, ah, I'll I'll find something uh, some some red wine, you know, cuz that's the only kind of wine that I drink is red. And uh this one is the Desenio Old Vine Malbec 2016. And this is from the Mendoza, Argentina region, uh, where Malbecs are pretty prevalent. And from the label, the Desenio Malbec is a rich, rich, rich wine <laughs> with an inviting bouquet of stone fruit. A hint of coffee complements the blueberry spice and chocolate flavors. And this is a you know sub ten dollar bottle of wine at Wally World, and uh, prices may vary everywhere else. Uh, for a Malbec, it's it's pretty good. Um, unfortunately, at dinner I had uh, two big glasses of a very bold uh, uh, Cabernet. <laughs> so uh, I would say that, like most Malbecs, it's probably not a great first wine unless you can find a really really good Malbec. Um, but like as a second wine for the day, it uh, it's actually not too bad. And it, uh, I'm pairing it with a uh, a uh, uh, a punch cigar. Uh, rare Corojo. So, uh, <laughs> it pairs nicely. And, uh, yeah, for, you know, less than 10 bucks, uh, I don't think you can really go wrong with it. And Bill goes shopping at Walmart. Yeah. Yep, apparently so. And he goes to Costco as well. Yeah, absolutely. He went to pick up stuff at Walmart. That, that's a dig at you. Because you hate <laughs> going to Walmart. I hate. Uh, yeah, I, I hate going uh, to I hate too. shopping in general. <laughs> it doesn't matter what store it's at, honestly. Unless it's something you're wanting. Right, but even if it's something I want, I know exactly what I want before I get there, and I go into the store, I buy that one thing, and I'm out of the store because I hate shopping, but sometimes I want something, so it's not like it's just going to magically appear at my door. Although, if it's something that I can buy on Amazon, it will, it in fact, magically, magically appear, appear, appear door, at my yeah. door. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I try to avoid shopping for anything for any reason. It has nothing to do with Walmart specifically. We'll get them to build an Amazon, you know, warehouse near us and it'll be all taken care of. All right. They can just have drones dropping off your milk. I think Bill just spilled his wine. No, I just banged into the <laughs> pop filter. <laughs> all right. So anyway, that's that's the food and wine segment for tonight, as well as the amateur radio events and special station uh, special event stations and open source things that are coming up for the next two weeks. And I'll specify two weeks instead of fortnight because Bill just goes bat shit crazy and- trigger trigger, trigger. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh what we'll do tonight is we'll finish up with 
a track that Bill has selected, and this is from a group that we had played back in episode number 209 called The Spin Wires. Uh, I really enjoy The Spin Wires. You can find their music on Gemendo. Uh, this is a different track than I played the last time. Uh, this one is called Ignite. It's really, really short. It's only uh, two minutes and 20 seconds. So we'll just fire this one out, and uh, you can toe-tap your way uh, through the end of episode 237. So here you go. This is the Spin Wires with Ignite. ignite by the spin wires <laughs> from the spin wires ep released in 2017 the second track we've played from them and by the way just check out the spin wires they're they're excellent yes for for creative commons music you you really can't do too much better than that <laughs> and it's a nice way to wrap up the show so we're going to call it an end to episode number 237 and we'll be back on monday with our uh, special long format episodes make sure to tune in for that so as we get out of here, I'm Russ K5TUX. I'm Cheryl W5MOO. And I'm Bill NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. 
You can support the program by visiting the LHS Patreon page of patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or using the contribute link on the website. Get in touch via social media. The show has a presence on Google+, Facebook, Twitter, Discord and YouTube. Or you can drop an email to info at lhspodcast.info or record a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the IRC channel, LHS Podcast, on the Freenode IRC network. Also visit the online merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable LHS merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a Linux convention or ham fest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info or visit the website for details. The podcast is recorded live every Monday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Connect to the stream at stream.blacksparrowmedia.net colon 8008 stroke LHS live. Until next time, over and out. Linux in the Ham Shack and the Linux in the Ham Shack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribute Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.